moss. More moss to the people, yeah. More moss. More moss to the people, yeah. More moss. More moss to the people. Hi, this is Asa Nilsson, and you're listening to More Moss to the People, where each week we're going to be talking about slowing down, even hurling ourselves off of the Ferris wheel of the production-first mentality and choosing to live a courageous life based on our own needs first and daring to be different in a world where sameness is encouraged more highly than living a life of authenticity. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to More Moss to the People. I am Asa Nilsson, and I am your host today for the first time ever on this podcast. I have two guests at one time, and I'm super excited about it. My heart is like fluttering. I'm like, it's like a party. <laughs> and I have two super important people to me because I admire both of you from afar. I've never gotten to meet you uh, physically, but of course, virtually, we've met now plenty of times. And I wanted to invite you both back on the podcast today because I think I think we're onto something here. I think that we've got something big and major in our hearts to share that's super important. And um, let me introduce you first. I have Jeff Orr, who is a, <laughs> hi there, a declutterer. Hello. Hi. You work with decluttering and you work with estate clearing. And we have Tammy Falls, grief coach and death doula both from Toronto, Canada, which, a side note, you went to high school together, your friends, yes. old friends, uh, which is so much fun. And another side side note, which should really be like the thing I started with, is that Tammy and I share a birthday. <laughs> yes, most importantly. <laughs> most importantly, above all else, we share a day. So welcome back, both of you, Tammy for the third time and Jeff for the second time. And today we're going to talk, like I said, about something super duper important, and that is death, death in its simplicity and preparing and thinking through things. So let me start with asking you, please, to introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and who you are in the world today. Jeff, why don't you get started? Hey, so I am Jeff War, and as you mentioned, in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, uh, I'm working right now currently with people who have either uh, families who have a relative that has passed away or in the process of downsizing and decluttering. Uh, what that means is we get to help them move into their next phase or transition of life. And uh, it's a wonderful thing because I get to help people in such a meaningful way through a time that a lot of people are either unfamiliar with or are very fearful of. So it's wonderful being able to help people through that. Mm. So important. Uh -huh. Really important, beautiful work. 
Thank you for sharing that in this Tammy. How about you? Oh, hi. Yeah, I uh, love that I'm back on for the third time <laughs> because every time we've talked about this, so I love it. The conversation is being more normalized around the one guaranteed thing that we're all going to do in this life. And with that, yeah, I've been coaching for 12 years, but in the past kind of five, five, six years, I've niched down to grief and death. And um, yeah, now I'm actually pivoting even a little bit more. And I used to be in another life, <laughs> but in this turn, uh, an event planner. So I'm now doing uh, celebration of life um, planning because... Funerals, like, you know, weddings, traditional weddings are kind of going by the wayside. People want more of that celebration um, versus the somber, you know, wood paneled, hush voices, dark room, you know, funeral, uh, which for me shows that the conversation is changing. People are looking and viewing this natural part of life differently. So that's what I'm doing. I love that. You know, when we talked about, uh, looking at a funeral differently or the end of life celebration. I mean, you rocked my world with the things that you were telling me that people were already doing. I just, I, I haven't, I haven't been witness to that. I haven't been able to participate in anything like that. And let's talk, let's just, let's talk about that. Let's just, we'll start right there, girl. Let's, I want you to please share some ideas or thoughts of things that you have seen other people or heard of other people doing to plan for their end of life celebration and what does that even well, mean tell me what that means tell us what yeah that well exactly that so it, it can get a little bit confusing with end of life planning where you're getting you know your estate together your wills and all that which is great um and what i'm helping with is the celebration of life so planning for that so i'll start with myself my friends have known for a, as long as i can remember that i have a playlist it starts with Prince's Let's Go Crazy because it's, you know, dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. I always just visualized my funeral being a party. I can't remember I'm trying when I first thought of that. But yeah, it's been a long time. So everyone knows I've got the playlist. It's on my Spotify. So if I, you know, die today, they would know what to do. And then I have just a whole detail of I mean, again, I was an event planner, so I know what kind of flowers, what the decor is, where I would like it, you know, and also incorporating all emotions at this. So, yes, it's a party. I'm part Irish. We're known, you know, for our, <laughs> our <laughs> party. For this week. Yeah. And also incorporating some yoga and some contemplative time because also we're going to be sad. I mean, I hope we're sad that yeah. you know, I'm gone. So I want that to be, you know, a very holistic approach to it so that, you know, it can start everyone's gathering. And as we know, even my friends now, I'm going to be 50 next year. We're seeing each other more at funerals than weddings. It used to be in our 20s, like, oh, my gosh, same wedding. This is so fun. And now it's like we're all gathering at funerals. So I want mine to be like an extenda mix, you know, where it's like you can come in. There's going to be yoga class. There's going to be some meditative spaces. And then it's going to end in a party. That's what I know. So helping people plan that. And, and I, as we were joking, I call it, you know, the epic exit party, you know, because it is like, it should be, this is my last hurrah. I'm going to wish I was there physically, but I'll be there spiritually, hopefully. <laughs> um, but it is, it's like, and a, a beautiful celebration. And, and now that people are embracing it more, um, my colleague, Jennifer, just, you know, uh, had one where she's like, everyone just felt connected 
uplifted, full of love, the memories that were being shared, the way this person was being honored, mm -hmm. that you felt that they were there. Because I think we've all been to the funeral where you're like, it felt cookie cutter. There may have been actually three other funerals happening at the same time in yeah. the funeral home. Sitting in the wrong one. Russell sandwiches. It's the, yeah, it's just like the, oh, am I in Mary's or in Jim's? Like where, you know, oh, I was in the wrong room, but it felt the same. So really honoring the, you know, we all have unique individual lives, bringing that as well to the, to the celebration so that you feel connected to that person. So that's, yeah, where we're shifting the conversation to. I great. That's completely new for me, like I said. And I talked to my mom about it. And it was funny because she's like, what? Hmm. She wasn't up for that. She's not. No, that was. But it did start a conversation with her, which I liked because before she wouldn't even have gone there. And now she was like, well, I'm like, what's up? Tell me, mom. Well, I mean, what would you do if that's not something you would like? But what would you like? <laughs> so there's always ways to get information out of the elders. Uh, sometimes you have to be a little more technical. Jeff, do you have anything like, do you have any plans like this? I mean, have you thought this through what Tammy's talking about right now for yourself? Well, I certainly am now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to her party and I'm going to steal all of her ideas. <laughs> exactly. And I feel bad wanting to go to her party, but I mean, it sounds pretty epic. So I, I feel very much the same way. I, I had my, my first grandmother pass away who I was, I was very close to both of my grandparents. And when she passed away, she had everything like the hymns, the church, who the minister, like it was very detailed and that's what she wanted it was lovely for her that was her her deal my nana my mom's mom was very different uh she didn't specifically have anything but when it came time for my mom and my aunt to plan it they realized celebration of life and so funny story when uh, my mom asked me to talk about nana there uh i was asked to speak and i realized that i was if i was going to honor her i had to be her and she kind of had two sides she was every bit the scottish prim uh, prim and proper lady but she had a uh, undertone that a lot of people also knew too that was really funny and fun. So a story involved a few swear words. And uh, my husband said to me, you can't say that at your Nana's funeral. I'm saying, damn right I can't. Oh, yes. That's okay. her. Mm -hmm. And everybody howled because they're like, that's so merry. And it is. So I, 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 I guess I got to kind of see both of those. And both have their place. Mm -hmm. But I got to say, I really, really, really enjoyed. And I think that's okay to say. Enjoyed yeah. the more um new format of a celebration where you all felt connected and it was people afterwards all came to me and said that was such an amazing party and an amazing way to do it to honor your nana and i felt and they used the word connected i felt really connected to everybody today mm. yeah speaking of connectedness you know to where we are in the world today i think that there's there's too much separateness in the we um you know, when I got this, I don't need anybody's help. I can figure it out on my own. I don't want to be a bother. Um, this feeling of being connected, even or at most important time, right? At the end of life, not most important, but very importantly, that we are honoring one another. And the, the, the something that keeps this, this thought keeps coming back into my head, and that is the time is now. The time is now to prepare. The time is now to think. The time is now to talk about this and to have, yep, they might be difficult conversations, but they're critical conversations. And the hardest the hardest time is just the first time. And I don't know, Tammy, for your sake, as far as being a grief coach and a death doula, I know that you have been 
you've been walking through this journey with many people for a long time. And what what do you see is, is there a, a, the best way to get us started in a conversation about this? I mean, as far as what you want, what you need? Yeah, I mean, it, it comes with just that curiosity, I believe, you know, of, well, what is it um, that, you know, and again, I always line it back to values. So and I'm sure all the mothers out there will recognize you could have a birth plan, right? That, okay, yeah, this is what I want to have happen, you know, and this is what it is. And something could change and shift and that's okay. But if you understand you and who you are and what you would like to align everything with, again, for me, that's the value. So yeah, again, like I, like Jeff sharing about Mary, you know, she was, you know, she had this personality and that sort of thing. So that's what we're going to want to um, embody or, you know, celebrate at that party. And then in terms of just thinking about, well, what do I want? Um, I actually just made that note. I'm like, I should put a workbook together. <laughs> well, we'll kind of do that. <laughs> kind of like, but you know, like a planning process. But it really yes. does come down to that. It's like, and again, the the easiest thing to compare it to is your wedding, you know, because that's another you know big event where it's a ritual. People are invited, you know, that sort of thing to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just mapping that out as to what's important to me, so that even if whatever the venue I picked has closed down by the time I'm gone. Well, I wanted it because it was going to be near the water. Okay, well, then my people will know that they can plan something near else, something else near the water. Yeah. Um, but there's just a lot of fear, you know, around talking yeah. about it. And I always just joke that, you know, it's not a vampire. If you invite it in, it's not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. If anything, it helps with the familiarity around death because <laughs> I used to have my website, spoiler alert, you're going to die one day. Yeah. 100% stats, you know, those are never changing. So... <laughs> If it's one thing that we're guaranteed to all do, why aren't we talking about it? Right. But it is a big fear. And I definitely don't want to minimize, you know, that it is a big fear for a lot of people. And the more we can talk about it, that's why I said I'm so excited to be back for the third time because it just means that the conversation is happening. Just like your mom, mm. you plant a seed, right? And you're like, huh. And again, for me, it's curiosity that really fuels that. It's like, mm could be possible well what would i want what would that look like it was the same with my mom she's now got her playlist together you know oh, she does that's awesome and, yeah and and she actually has a sense she was telling me actually i was just home a few weeks ago she's like and she feels good knowing that those plans have been you know told and she knows i'll see them through but she's like mm-hmm. yeah she's like because we went to that same uh celebration of life or still mm-hmm. the same thing it was just being called a celebration um she's like yeah i don't want any of this she's like Mine's going to be me. <laughs> so, yeah, no. well, good knowing that that's what's going to happen, yeah. you know, versus um, I had friends over last week and her mother, you know, she was a nun. So obviously it's in a very religious ceremony. Like, hey, well, that's what we'll do, you know, because that's going to honor her. So again, there's no judgment on whatever it is you choose. No. But just having your loved ones know that so that when the time comes, all they got to do is love you, you know, through your actual death, but then knowing, all right. This is the plan, just like Jeff is saying. Like there's, all right, we know what to do. This is, mm. let's just execute it now. You know, let's just make it happen. Well, that's 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 the hard part, I think. That is is getting started to even say the words. I mean, I people ask me all the time, like, also, what is up with this whole death thing? What what is the fascination around Swedish death cleaning? I'm like, I love it, which probably sounds really strange that I actually love talking about or thinking about or doing this. But it is a process, and that's what I love. 
um, about the not the act of cleaning because I mean it's not the act of decluttering. Yeah, that's awesome. It looks like you love too, but it's for me. It's the conversation. For me, it is all about getting in and finding out what is it that you want. And so many people have a hard time even verbalizing, audibleizing what it is that their needs are. And I found that in life coaching too. And now with coming into death coaching, <laughs> death guiding, that it's it's the same conversation. It's it's the same pulling information out and having it still feel safe. That's that's a that's a big one for me that I want to make sure that I'm including that in a, in any conversation. Now, Jeff, I know that you also have. Um, you come up with fears. You come up against fears quite a bit. Can you talk a little bit about that for yourself, what you've come up with? Certainly. Um, and that fear, a lot of times I'm coming up um, against someone who has experienced this passing or about to pass, or there's a transition of a life, meaning that mm -hmm. they're coming down from their uh, you know, bigger home into maybe even a, a retirement community. And that can be very traumatic that's the best way to put it because mm -hmm. as you say the dialogue has not been open with the families they don't know there's a rush there's an urgency to everything now and they lead busy lives on their own and this just piles on so there's just this i don't even know where to start yeah um and, and i think about where the will that will used to be a big deal the reading of the will because people didn't know what was going to be in that will yeah people did not talk about it not only was that shocking at the time, but it also created a lot of animosity in some ways um, because people didn't know, like, was this really their wish? Was it, I feel it's so much better when I'm able to go in and someone's able to say to me, I know mom or dad or whoever they're looking after here would have wanted me to do this and this. The harder part I find is when they say, I don't know what they want. And in fact, I think they just wanted me to keep everything. And then there's this fear. All of it. And all of it. And, and there, I have that where somebody said, I, they expected me to keep all of this. What do I do? And I actually have to guide them and give them the permission that, mm -hmm. well, what do you want? Yeah. Mom and dad, sure they wanted, but they're gone. Mm -hmm. What's best for you at this point? Because they really do, honestly, genuinely, whoever is passing it down wanted you to have that. But there is this fear that I'm going to screw it up somehow, mm -hmm. that I'm going to disappoint them. I'm going to disappoint other people watching and I'm not going to do this right. But on the flip side of that, I always say to them, but how are you going to screw this up? Because we've never talked about this before as a, like this open conversation that we're having now. So how are you screwing this up? Because nobody, there is no rules to this. There's mm -hmm. some perceived, yeah. but there's no rule book that we have to follow. And I think that's the biggest release of a fear when they realize, oh, I get to chart my path. You're going to help me do that. And that is enlightening and empowering and actually can turn the mood with how they feel about things at that mm. point. Mm. Empowering is a good word because it's, uh, when we get into generational things where ancestral belongings and the ancestral stories, right? How can we, can we be the chain breakers? Can we be the ones where, okay, this messaging stops here. And as I sit at my grandmother's table with my grandmother's chairs and everything around me is from my grandmother's home. Um, but I want them. I do want these belongings right now. Are there other things that my mom would have wanted me to have? Sure. But there's just not enough room. Now, could I have kept holding on to that story? Sure. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, I have to live with it. My husband has to live with it. My cat has to live with it. So 
do you find then that the attachment, I had this like this drop down for me today to thinking about attachment issues and how we just, I can't let go of things, you know, I had the difficulty around relinquishing or releasing something. Oh God, it's, I'm going to need it one day, or I know this matters to somebody, so I can't do this. What are you guys, either one of you who wants to speak about the attachment issues? Hi, friends. Please don't forget, if you love listening to this podcast, please leave me a genuine review, an honest assessment and rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. It would really go a long way for getting this movement out in front of more people. Thank you so much in advance. I really appreciate it. The attachment is big. It is one of my top four things that uh, can be an impediment, but it can also be a release because once you learn that it's okay to not be attached, uh, I, I just recently started talking about what things are and I talked about glass. So a glass item really is three things. It's sand, it's silica and, or sorry, silica is sand <laughs> and it's uh, uh, limestone and ash. That's all it is. And when you look at it in its simplest term, why do we get so attached to that? No, I get, like, I, I get the bigger meaning of why we do, but to break it down into it's just stuff, no. it helps a lot of people because they're kind of is this snap awake that, oh, the logic of it. It doesn't mean that you aren't attached to it. Like you said, your grandma's stuff. I love that you love your mm. grandma's stuff and mm. they keep it. It's wonderful. But if somebody else doesn't want it, why are we putting that pressure on right. ourselves? And, and then that aids to that attachment because we feel we have to be attached and then we become resentful for it and we don't know why and we feel guiltier obligation and it all piles on this circle the circle yeah mm -hmm. yeah tammy what about you what have you seen yeah it just that people hold on to things uh, i mean there's a big fear around being forgotten you know mm -hmm. so often i find that people just hang on to certain items just to keep that as a touchstone you know, for them, but then to what you guys do, it ends up being now I'm keeping 50 things that remind me of them. <laughs> so the more we can kind of um, gently guide them to which ones actually have real deep meaning for you and keep them. But often that's just what I hear is that, well, I don't want to forget them. And, uh, and that makes them feel connected to them. So yeah, just helping guide them through that. I had a thought this morning, um, I was working on this week's podcast episode and I was thinking about belongings and I just started thinking about the word be longing, be longing. What am I belonging? Am I, what am I longing for? Right. Belongings are things, right? I mean, the things that we have around us and are we longing for more things because it gives us value? Are we wanting to have other people think that we have more than what we have because that makes us appear, you know, like all these things about What's the longing really for? What is the longing about, the belonging? Is it about really truly something that is from our own heart space? Or is it truly, really totally aligned with who we are now at this day and age today? And when you start going into the decluttering and having the conversation and talking about, okay, well, one day, with the, especially with the Swedish decluttering, when you're talking about death and the one day we're going to die. We're gonna. I mean, I'm, that's. We're not saying anything new here, but the as far as talking about 
saying what it is that you want? What do you want other people to have? Do you want the other people? Have you asked the other people? Do you want it? Getting your documentation in place, all the wills and the power of attorneys, the medical power of attorneys, all of it. I mean, this is, it is, it can be expensive. It can be uh, overwhelming. Um, do you, Tammy, do you have like a place where you think like with all of that, where do you feel is the most important thing that somebody who has done nothing to prepare for their own death? Where do you think they should start? Oh my gosh. Um, so, you have my, so you have my head. Glad she asked more. you first. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> she asked me more on, I'm still in this, like the belonging. Uh-huh. And that's, you got it, got my head spinning there because it's, I'm thinking people keep items too because they felt like they belonged, you know, so because it's such an inherent thing to mm -hmm. feel like you belong. And if your grandmother, you had a very close connection and you had that sense of belonging with them, it's no wonder you want to keep, as I touch the mm -hmm. ring from my grandmother, you know, mm -hmm. like it's, there's that, that sentimentality, but it, again, I'm thinking like the feeling is actually of belonging and love. Um, and then also that longing probably for them to still be there. So again, that item might just connect you to them. That's where my head was going while you were speaking. I like that. And then in terms of, you know, where to start, um, I think it just, for me, it just comes back to that curiosity. If you can just be open to reframing, to thinking differently, to, um, having a conversation, you know, and just as we've all discussed, it's. It's a, it's a, it's a gentle nudge in that direction, right? Because again, we really want to honor the fears that, that people have and what's 1% we can move the other direction just so we can start to befriend, um, again, this one thing that we're all experiencing in life and obviously it would be our own death at some time, but we're losing all the time, right? I always get the, the nature cycles every time we go to bed at night, <laughs> you know, that's, the darkness comes and then we go to sleep and we hope we wake up in the morning. You know, there's always this, it's a part of our lives, but we just don't talk about it because of that fear. So the suffering comes from that unknown piece. So the more we can just gently open that conversation, I actually remember now a friend of mine in Amsterdam sent me a picture. They had beer coasters at her pub that had all these questions around end of life on them. And that was their whole thing was to just spark conversation. You're out with your friends, you're having a drink. Oh, like, what would you like your legacy to be? Mm. You know, like those kind of things. That is brilliant. And like, yes, way to go Amsterdam. Yeah. So again, keeping it doesn't have to be this, you know, heavy conversation. How can we, yeah, gentle little seeds being planted that keep it nice and light? Because it does tend to be a dark topic. So we just want to shine a loving light on it. Yeah. I mean, we're sitting here talking about it now. Just three exactly. normal people having an open conversation about things that we have come across. Jeff, tell me, tell me for you, what are you thinking? So mine kind of, I'm going to answer it in two parts because I think it, for me, it begins with you and your possessions and your responsibility to um, take on like things like the Swedish death cleaning, because I really feel and this is, I hate to guilt people like this. This is not a guilt, but it's, if you're going to burden your family with your stuff because you couldn't deal with it, mm -hmm. you don't know what it fully does to them in your afterlife because I see the consequences of that and it can be very traumatic for people. Mm -hmm. More so than you, th you think they're going to inherit all this great stuff, but it's not easy for them. 
So it's being prepared for, you know, thinking about what do I want my legacy? What do I want to leave for people? And then talking about that because the flip side, where do you start when somebody's passed away? It's so clinical, but it's the will because you hope that, uh, and their wishes have been listed in there and you know that. So it's really opening that conversation. And so you really have to be prepared for what is coming. And I find there's a lot of people that aren't. And, you know, I, I'd always, it always amazes me and I should, probably shouldn't say it, but, you know, they'll say suddenly at 98. I'm like, at 98, I don't know anything suddenly. I, that's my <laughs> that's my take on it. I, I don't feel anything sudden at that point. But, <laughs> but at that point, you know, there's still people that haven't prepared even when you're 98. And I'm thinking, wow, they had 98 years. They knew it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't get there. There can be various reasons. I mean, I don't want to put judgment on that, but I hope that people will realize the importance and why the importance of the Swedish death being the work we're doing there with the decluttering before. It really does make a difference in the end. It really does. Case in point, my own family, working with them when I was now in America for the eight weeks and just trying to have some discussions and you know i don't think my family half of my family even knows what i'm doing and that they even know that i have a podcast but it's talking to them like well you know i'm going to be helping mom with uh decluttering her garage and her basement and all this stuff and they're like oh yeah okay and then my brother asked well do you think you can help me in my garage too it's like sure yeah i can do that you know that was a huge step for him a huge step because he has been adding on, adding on, adding on, adding on for years. And now he finally realizes, okay, I'm getting close to retirement. I'm going to have to start doing something about this. Yeah. And they're going to be wanting to downsize. And then that ain't coming to where you're going. So <laughs> this is going to have to be cleaned up today. And, you know, the the redefining what matters to you. That is something, Jeff, that you talk about on your uh, Instagram page anyway, which you're very active on Instagram. And so is Tammy. Uh, I love seeing you guys post. I love supporting you because, again, you're doing such beautiful work in the world. It's, it, I mean, you make me laugh and <laughs> make me cry. Uh, it's better than cats. Speaking of cats, my cat just walks around the corner here and he's starting to meow. Um, okay. The redefining what matters to you. I'm going to ask you both. Um, where do you feel right now, whoever is listening in, today or the day that they listen to this, whenever that might be, um, what do you feel the message is for this person that they need to hear about what can they do for themselves to look at not making the same mistakes that you have seen so many other people make? What is just one thing right now off the top of your head? It's about you. Jeff, okay. No, sorry. No, It's about you. You you did it right there. It is the word you. And breaking away from what you think is expected and the obligations. Because if you really sit and think about what you want, if something's bothering you, there's a reason for that. And if it's bothering you, it's probably the item that you don't want. So really tuning into that. Because if you really wanted it, there wouldn't be an issue. So when you're dealing with this conflict, it's because there's all these other external forces. So I'm really trying to encourage people to break these traditional roles and that Mm -hmm. you have to assume ownership of something or that people expect you to. And even if they do, if they're gone, then you are allowed to make that choice of what's best for you and not be burdened by it. 
So it really is, as you're saying, what, what it is, it's you. It is getting what is right for you. And people have a hard time because they feel very selfish by that. And I'm trying to tell them, no, it's not a selfish thing in this case to do something that is good for you rather than bring something home or bring a, a huge weight onto yourself that's going to carry through for years or possibly longer. You have to choose what's right for you. So good. So right. True. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, whose life is it? If we cannot stand up for ourselves, if we cannot speak our own words and what it is that our truth is, then what's this What's this for? All right, Ms. Tammy? Well, thank you for the segue, because that was mine, is that I use death as a, a lens of how you're living your life. Because it is. I think we all experienced that in the pandemic, you know, where it's like, oh my gosh. You know, again, all those immense losses in such a short time, and it really brought sharp focus. Well, how am I living? Is it aligned with who I am versus what my parents wanted or what society thinks I should be doing? And I just remember, too, I have um, a free download that I, people can go to my website to get, but it's called Live a Life You'll Be Proud to Leave. Mm. And it's just journaling prompts that, again, actually help you to start <laughs> with this. Well, what would, you know, how would I feel? Is there anything on my, you know, proverbial bucket list that I haven't done yet that well, why am I not doing it now? Why am I waiting till, you know, the time I'm is waiting right for whatever it is? <clears throat> so, yeah. So I should go there. I'll, I'll give you the, remind me to give you the link for that. Yeah. But yeah, really starting with that. that. So if you were, again, for me, it's like, okay, hey, well, if this were all to go away tomorrow, what is it that you, you know, um, and there is a great Mark Twain quote, I can't remember right now, but it's basically like the person who has lived the fullest life is okay with leaving it because they've done all the things they want to do. And I don't know if I've shared in the podcast before, but I knew from a very young age, I needed to go to Australia and Africa. I don't know why, hmm. but as soon as I did those things and I was flying back home and I just climbed Kilimanjaro, I remember flying over it. And I was like, I had this thought of like this plane go down and I'm okay because I did those things for me. So as, just to piggyback on what Jeff was saying, that's important for me. And whew, I can exhale going, all right, I did it, you know? Right, right, so, right. yeah, so there's some really good prompts in there, though, that will, again, just get that curiosity and that openness going um, just through that lens of if you were to go tomorrow. Because that's it. We don't know. We have no idea. So bring right. it a full circle to now. If, if we know that we have this moment now, and there was somebody that wrote on a post of mine on Facebook that he said, you know, when you spend your time looking in the rear of your mirror, there's a lot of depression. And you spend your time looking forward in uh, too much forward, then you have anxiety. And you know what? I don't want any of those. I don't want to spend my life looking in the rear of your mirror. I don't want to be sitting worrying about what's going to happen because I have no idea. But what do I have right now? I have right now. I have the moment now to be here with you two dear people and my cat next to me meowing to go outside. And I'm so thankful for this moment. And if I were to kick it in five minutes, then I know that my life is in order. I know that I feel settled and I feel at peace. And if anyone listening to this does not feel settled and at peace with where they are in their lives or with the getting, making decisions for potentially down the road, then place to start is just do one thing. Just do one thing and have a conversation with someone that you love and maybe get it written down. Just get one thing written down. Just start making a document, just anything. 
Um, so you could just kind of start getting it out of you, out of you, out so that it can be onto paper and then, and then you go to the next step. But um, to to look at this with our eyes wide open versus head in the sand where, you know, like it's it's not going to happen to me. <laughs> I'm only 25 years old. I'm only 47 or whatever you are. It doesn't matter. It can happen. We know. We all know well enough. This can happen at any time. And that is not to be morbid. That is to be very factual. And we do not know. So will you leave your life in peace? Um, and whatever that means for you. So this conversation, we're going to keep it going. You know we are. I'm going to put your contact information in the show notes. Um, anybody can reach out and join you on your Instagram page and a pages. Um, and you guys are both working your four hires. So you are doing a lot of business in the world and people can maybe ask you for some tips or ideas or whatever, even by going to your social media pages and getting a lot of tips and ideas. Um, but I, I appreciate you both being in my life and being a part of this journey with me. This is, um, you make my life better. I love you both. And I want to say that to you. Say the words. I'm saying the words. I'm not waiting to say the words. I'm saying the words now. Um, thank you. Thank you for being here. You got any last minute things you'd like to say? I receive all that love and I mirror it right back to you. Thank you. You're the one that reached out after reading a blurb I did in a book. And the connection from that first email uh, filled with such love and light. And I'm just so glad. <laughs> We've nurtured this mm. over the years, and yeah. you know now we got Jeff and now we got too. Jeff and really in the in the fold. <laughs> yeah. Just heaps and heaps of love uh, to you as well. So thank you, thank you. Yeah. Lots of love, admiration, respect. Mm. I I mm. admire what you're doing so much, and you very much like Tammy have this great ability to connect amazing people and bring out mm. the best and share. And that's what I love. It's that you're sharing so much valuable information mm. that people either don't understand or being introduced to or showing it in a different way. And it's so valuable for everyone. And I'm learning so much. I learned so much from you and Tammy and all these people. And I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Isn't it Thank great? You. It's great it to is. still learn, right? Yeah. We, we, that's it. I mean, that we can always learn something from everyone. Um, yeah, we, we definitely can. All right. Thank you both so much. Okay. Now Elvis is right up here. Sorry. Can you guys hear him? Can you hear him talking so much? Okay. No. All right. Good. It's super irritating. <laughs> But I love it. <laughs> Thank you for today. I appreciate it. We'll have you back now that we see that we can do three people at one time. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take good care of yourselves and have a beautiful holiday. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of More Moths to the People. I am Asa Nilsson. If you like this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Like, subscribe, follow the podcast, share it with a friend. I want to say thank you to Kamel Asli for his help with the production of this podcast. Without him, this would not even be in your ears today. I can assure you of that. And let me let me say a little something about my friend, Gregory Paul Donaldson, may he rest in peace, who would always leave me with this quote. He would say, in the meantime and between time, whatever you do, do it well, and then pass it on. Peace and most importantly, joy. I want to leave you with that as well. I'll see you on the flip side, my friend. Take care.